Thank you very much for the um, kind introduction. Uh, my name is Ken Yoshida, uh, and uh, as was mentioned, I am now presently the, uh, the Dean of the uh, Faculty of Foreign Studies at SOFIA, and I'm also uh, the Director of the uh, SOFIA Linguistic Institute for International Communication. I didn't found the institute, but uh, I founded the, uh, the Center for the Teaching of uh, English, uh, Foreign Languages and General Education at SOFIA. Uh, and I've been there for, I've been teaching now for 33 years, which is a long, long period of time. Uh, what I'd like to do today is to uh, give you some um, ideas uh, about uh, the issue of um, uh, teaching English at the elementary school level here in Japan. Now, one of the things that I was looking at right before I came here, it's very close, uh, I, I work right next door here, and so I was able to come here in five minutes. Uh, and one of the things I was looking at was the, uh, the results of the, um, uh, the IBT TOEFL test. Uh, and I found out that uh, the, uh, the data from the years 2005 and 2006 showed that uh, the Japanese um, examinees, uh, the average uh, IBT score was 65. Uh, which was third from the bottom in the world and uh, at the very bottom of uh, the Asian countries uh, from where uh, the examinees took the test. So uh, Japan ranked first from the bottom as far as Asia was concerned. Now this has been a problem and an issue in Japan for a long, long period of time. Even before the IBT was introduced, when the PBT was still the main um, TOEFL test, um, people have been mentioning the fact that the Japanese uh, English level was very, very poor. It was very low. And with the introduction of the new IBT, which includes all four skills, which requires the Japanese not only to read and listen to English, uh, but also to write and speak it, introducing the, the more active skills, um, the, the situation probably has declined even worse uh, than it was in the past. Now, in uh, 1999, um, the, the government uh, asked a group of um, uh, specialists, uh, not, there were no real language uh, professionals uh, called to this uh, committee, which was the uh, the twenty uh, the committee to look at uh, Japan in the twenty first century, and uh, they came up uh, with uh, a report saying that unless uh, Japan uh, did something about its uh, foreign language education, that uh, the country itself will be left behind in the international world in the twenty first century, and they. Um, proposed the, uh, the importance of um, ingraining in the Japanese the so-called, what they so-called called uh, global literacy. And by that, they basically uh, meant the acquisition of English as a foreign or international language. Now, um, there was a debate at that time, um, a very hot debate, at least for a very short period of time, because uh, one of the items which uh, came up in this report was that um, if nothing is done to improve foreign language education in Japan, that maybe in the future uh, Japan would have to make English the second official language. 
And so this caused a lot of debate at that time. Of course, this has never happened, and I don't think it will ever happen. But still, it um, put a lot of pressure on the people, uh, especially teachers who were involved in the, the teaching of English uh, here in Japan. And as a result, what happened was that there were several committees uh, from the early um, 2000, 2001, and so forth, uh, which uh, were created uh, within the uh, Ministry of Education. And um, fortunately or not, I've been involved in most of them, uh, which uh, was commissioned to look into uh, how English education could be improved in this country. And one of the uh, hot issues which uh, arose at that time was the, uh, the problem that I will be dealing with today, which is the introduction of English at the elementary school level. Now, as probably most of you um, might have already um, read in the papers or have uh, um, seen on the news somewhere, uh, a, a couple of uh, weeks ago, um, the, uh, the subcommittee for uh, elementary education in Japan in the uh, Central Education Committee uh, came up with a report saying that uh, English in the elementary schools will have to be implemented. Now this uh, was the result basically of a, an earlier report which we uh, issued um, in March 2006 uh, when I was a member of the, uh, the Foreign Language Subcommittee of the Central Committee of Education, uh, where we uh, proposed the, uh, the introduction of English as a mandatory or compulsory subject or compulsory item in the elementary school um, educational system. Um, so it's taken about an year and a half uh, before uh, the, the final word is, has finally at least has, has begun to come out. Um, next, starting next month, um, I have been asked to uh, take part in a teacher training uh, program here in Tokyo, which will actually in the Kanto area. Uh, I've been asked to attend this um, tra teacher training session in Saitama, um, where um, the, uh, the ministry will begin um, training uh, elementary school teachers uh, to be uh, more proficient in the teaching of English in the elementary schools. Now, we don't know how this is going to work. It's going to take a lot of time. But I'll try uh, to give you some of the issues that we are facing at the present time. Uh, most of the things that I'll be showing you today are based on research uh, surveys that I have uh, personally been involved in. Uh, I will show you the present state of the mentality of teachers and parents and children uh, in the, the process of the, uh, the introduction of English in the elementary schools. And I'll try to give you some ideas of where this hopefully will lead to. All right? um, the, the report that I just mentioned uh, that was uh, issued by our foreign language subcommittee um, said that number one, um, English in the elementary school should be taught uh, as a mandatory subject, but we don't really want to call it a formal subject, um, as a, a topic or a, a something that has to be taught. It's a, it's a very vague uh, issue at the present time because if you make English a formal subject, what happens is that you have to implement um, as assessment measures. 
uh, giving grades to students. And um, as uh, many of us know who uh, have been involved in language uh, education, uh, language testing is a very broad area uh, which still has not come up with any solid solutions as to how to measure uh, real language proficiency. And so it's still an ongoing issue. And so uh, one of the, uh, the things that we discussed was, is it really a good idea to, 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 uh, to, to, um, to begin uh, English in the elementary schools where the children will be formally assessed, being given grades for how much English that they have acquired. Now much of the assessment procedure uh, in our schools at the present time is based on knowledge of English. Uh, but uh, that would mean uh, the teaching of grammar, vocabulary, and so forth, and testing how much of these they know. And uh, we know from experience in teaching English in the junior high schools uh, that, and I will show you data uh, later on, that the more you do this, uh, the more the students begin to hate English. And so that's not what we want our elementary school uh, children uh, to experience. And so um, the emphasis is on the teaching of English sounds, getting them accustomed to the sounds of English and uh, helping them to develop a basis for communication and not to teach English itself as a system of grammar, vocabulary, and so forth. Okay, so it's basically uh, will be conducted and it is at the present time being conducted in the form of what we call uh, uh, English activities. Okay, so that was, um, that was another point. Now, from what grade should English be introduced? Well, there, were, there was a lot of arguments here after the, uh, actually the, um, the ministry came up with the uh, final report. Um, during our discussions, uh, there was no discussion at all as to what grade English should be introduced. Now, we all assumed in the committee we all assumed that it would be introduced either in first grade or third grade. But then when the final report came out, and right before it came out, uh, the people from the ministry uh, visited all of us individually on the committee, and they explained what the, the content of the final report would, be, would look like. And in that, um, uh, that final report, we noticed that the introduction of English would be from the fifth grade. And to be very honest with you, I was very, very shocked, in a sense. And a lot of the, the people who were involved in the subcommittee were also quite confused as to why it had to be in the fifth grade. Uh, there were several issues uh, that the ministry uh, were, was considering. One was the fact that, as was mentioned earlier on, uh, there were still a lot of people who were against the introduction of English at the elementary school level, especially when the children were still very young the first grade, second grade, and third grade, a lot of people said that uh, the acquisition or the, the, uh, the internalization of their native language, Japanese, should uh, be a prior um, consideration and that um, English as a second language or foreign language should be delayed, that it should not be introduced at a young age. Now, one of the, uh, the points that we uh, can see from the introduction of English at the fifth grade is that children who are already 
11 years old, are basically um, at a very similar kind of cognitive developmental level as children in the first and second years of junior high school. Uh, which means that even if we introduce the um, uh, English in the fifth grade, uh, may, uh, the, the ministry, the people in the ministry felt that this would not have the kind of negative influence that uh, many of the, uh, the, the opposition people uh, were voicing uh, in, as to the introduction of English, that this would be very similar in a sense. It would just be uh, introducing uh, English uh, two years earlier uh, when the, uh, the basic cognitive uh, development was not that different from junior high school students. And so uh, this, that was one reason that this was introduced. Another reason was uh, a very practical problem, and that problem was the, um, the feasibility of training 400,000 elementary school teachers to teach English within the next three years. And that's impossible to do. Now, we spent five years retraining 60,000 junior and senior high school English teachers. And these were teachers who were trained to teach English. And it took us five years to retrain 60,000 of these people. Now these 400,000 elementary school teachers did not become teachers to teach English. They have no formal training in the teaching of English as a foreign language. So that causes a big, big problem. How can we really teach all of these 400,000 teachers. Now this would be if English were introduced in grade one. Now the main concept here in Japan is that if you introduce a certain subject in grade one, it has to be in introduced also in grades two, three, four, five, and six at the same time. That's where the fairness of education is considered to be in, in Japan. This is not true in Korea where they began English in third grade in 1997, uh, but the only grade which uh, uh, studied English was, thir was third grade. Fourth, fifth, and sixth grader graders did not study English. And I'll show you again some data based on that as well. Now, if that were the case, if we uh, were given the task of, tr of uh, training just one grade, teachers tra teaching in just one grade, it might have been feasible. But with uh, six grades altogether, it, it was practically impossible to do. Um, this was also true even if we introduced English at the third grade level. Still, the numbers are too high. And so, um, as a practical um, solution to this, uh, it seems that the ministry came up with grade five. And so we had to accept it because it was, it was something that, uh, I mean, as I said, I, I will also have to be involved in the training of these teachers, and I don't want 400,000 teachers on my shoulders, so that's one thing. And I don't think any of the, um, the professionals in this area uh, are ready to, to train all, uh, that greater number at the same time. And so that, that was one reason, uh, that was a, another reason why it was uh, thought to be more feasible to introduce it from the fifth grade. Uh, another point which was mentioned in the report was that um, uh, English would be taught once a week. So that would be 35 hours a year, because there are 35 um, weeks in the academic um, calendar here in Japan. 
Uh, and uh, I will again show you later on that um, uh, the, the number of hours that the students, the children are exposed to English uh, do, does seem to have a, a, a very strong um, effect on how much the students at least begin to like English, uh, the positive uh, attitudes and feelings that they have towards English, and how much they will be able to use that language, at least for basic communication purposes. At the present time, however, the average is about once a month, one English class in the elementary schools a month. And this will be increased to once a week, which is not bad. It's a good start, at least. Um, the way it will be taught uh, will be through the process of team teaching. Uh, the elementary school um, classroom, homeroom teacher has to be there. That's one thing. Uh, and the main reason why is because they are the teachers who know their children the best. Um, but they are not professionals in the teaching of English. And so they will have to have help from outside. And uh, one of the, uh, uh, the group of people who uh, will be helping the elementary school teachers to teach English would be the so-called ALTs, the assistant language teachers. Many of them will be native speakers of English. Uh, however, uh, the numbers are still quite small. There, we, there are no, uh, we do not have enough um, ALTs to, uh, to go to all of the 23,000 uh, elementary schools which exist in Japan at the present time, and these are only public elementary schools. Um, the number is less than 10,000, and so um, their, their numbers is not enough. And these ALTs will have to teach not only elementary schools, but they also have to teach junior high and senior high as well. And so you can see the lack of native-speaking um, assistant language teachers. Um, and so uh, the idea is also to, uh, to get help from Japanese uh, nationals who are proficient in English, who've been trained to teach English, um, to also help out. Uh, there will also probably be uh, a lot of junior high school teachers who uh, will also be going down to the elementary schools to teach, um, help the elementary school teachers to teach English uh, along with them. Um, in some areas of the of the the country at the present time, um, the junior high school English teachers are uh, are studying now to um, to be licensed to teach in the elementary school, uh, but this is still going to take some time for everybody to be licensed, and so it's still a long way off. Uh, but still, um, something has to be done. Um, we uh, I, I belong to an organization called J Shine, uh, which is an MPO uh, where we try to. Um, uh, where we have been for the past three and a half years, uh, been holding a lot of um, seminars and workshops um, to, uh, to train Japanese who uh, hope or who want to teach English in the elementary schools. We've been able to, to certify at the present time about 10,000 of these Japanese. Uh, about 20% of those who have been certified are already at the present time actually teaching in the elementary schools. Um, hopefully the numbers will go up. But not everybody who's certified is, at least on paper, are really qualified to teach English because of their lack of English prof proficiency themselves. So this is, there, there's still going to have to be a lot of uh, retraining of these teachers as well as we go along. But it's a first step, so we're trying to do that as well. 
Now, another point um, uh, concerns um, the, the need to teach language itself and not simply the teaching of English. Um, because a lot of people have been mentioning the fact that the, uh, the children nowadays in Japan are li lacking in their ability to use even their native language, which is Japanese. Um, the, uh, the ability for these, uh, of these uh, children to, um, to really uh, use Japanese more accurately and more proficiently is something which is also um, uh, very important to consider. And uh, there is a subcommittee now in the uh, Central Education Committee where the teaching of Japanese, not as kokugo, but as nihongo, uh, is also being considered. And I think this is a very important development. Uh, there's also another um, um, attempt at the present time um, where um, the teachers are being trained and uh, there are certain experimental schools where um, what, what is called gengo gijutsu, kyoiku, is also beginning to come in. This is very similar to what you might call language arts education. And this is not uh, limited to uh, Japanese, but it's limited to, to the use of any foreign language. It's, uh, it's a more general kind of um, ability to use language for the purpose of communication, the purpose of expressing one's ideas, and so forth. Um, we also note that in Japan at the present time, if you take a look at the, the senior high schools, the number of senior high schools where um, um, languages such as Korean and Chinese are being taught is really, really uh, um, becoming a lot, lot, uh, lot more than it used to be in the past. Uh, the number of schools where uh, German and, uh, uh, and French are being taught are, are increasing, but at a very mild uh, rate, a moderate rate, uh, but the, the number of schools where Chinese and Korean are being taught is, is rising uh, quite radically. And so there is also um, consideration for the teaching of these other foreign languages in Japan as well. Um, the Japan Forum, Kokusai um, Bunka uh, Forum, um, uh, earlier this year came up with a, uh, their own um, standards and curriculum for the teaching of Korean and Chinese as a foreign language. Uh, and uh, this probably is the first attempt uh, by this organization um, to do, uh, to create uh, this. And, th and, and they were commissioned to do this by the Ministry of Education. And so there is talk about the need uh, not only to teach English, uh, but also uh, to, uh, to teach other foreign languages uh, in Japan as well. But these are the, the basic ideas which were included in the report that we came up with uh, a year and a half ago. And um, all of this is now being uh, considered um, as a practical um, conclusion to the debate um, uh, that has been going on for the past year and a half. Okay, so that's basically uh, the report that we have. Now let me give you some ideas about the present state of uh, English education in Japan. Uh, this is uh, based on uh, a survey conducted on about 4,000 uh, parents uh, of uh, junior, uh, elementary school children uh, conducted by Benesa Corporation. I was also involved in this. And we asked um, the parents uh, uh, some questions about uh, English. The first question that you see there is uh, we asked them whether they liked English. You can see that they don't. 
That was one conclusion that we found, okay? And then we asked them uh, whether they had confidence in using English. They don't, a lot more than disliking English. And then uh, we asked them uh, whether the English that they learned uh, in junior and senior high school in their school days was, has been helpful. No. All right. It hasn't been very helpful at all. And we asked them, uh, have you ever any, experienced any difficulties in English? Yes. Well, that's the general public, that's the, the parents. Okay. So that, that seems the general. The general idea uh, I, I, think, I think you can get from this is that this probably represents the great majority of the Japanese population at the present time. All right? And we asked um, elementary school teachers basically very similar kinds of questions. Uh, do you like English? And it was amazing because more than one half of the elementary school teachers say they like English. Uh, they, it used to be considered about a year ago uh, when the Ministry of Education was taking, um, um, doing similar kinds of surveys that uh, one half of the, or more than one half of the elementary school teachers were against the, 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 uh, the introduction of English at the elementary schools. But this question was never asked, whether or not the elementary school teachers liked English or not. And as we can see, they do like English to a, to, to a great extent. It's, it's not that they don't like English. But the problem is they don't have confidence in teaching it. Now, that's the major problem. Because they've never been trained to teach the language. Okay? So it's not that the elementary school teachers don't like English, but they are not confident in the use in, in teaching it. And that was another thing that we found. Then again, we asked the elementary, uh, the, uh, the parents, uh, what kinds of things that they expect uh, from English education in the elementary schools. And one of the first things that they said was um, they would like to have their children um, eliminate fear towards learning English as a foreign language. So what, what they're saying is that if uh, the children begin early, that they will not feel uh, intimidated uh, by uh, having to learn English uh, starting in, for example, junior high school. So that was the first thing that came out. The second point uh, was that they wanted their children to be uh, familiar, familiarized with English sounds and rhythm. And the third point, uh, to be able to acquire some ability in listening and speaking English. Okay? And also, uh, they want uh, their children to be able to interact with foreign people. And, uh, these are the more positive kinds of ideas that uh, came out from this very simple survey. And we asked similar kinds of questions of uh, the, the elementary school teachers uh, who were actually teaching English in the elementary schools at the present time, what they were actually doing, what they were focusing on as they were teaching in English in the elementary schools. The first, very similar to what the parents were expecting, activities to familiarize students with English sounds and rhythm. That's being emphasized, and that's what the parents want. The second point, activities in listening and speaking to English. Again, that's something that the, the parents also are expecting from the schools. And also, activities in interacting with foreign people. Again, this is something that the parents also expect uh, from the elementary schools. So it, I think maybe the parents' answers might have been influenced by the kinds of things which are actually being done in the schools at the present time. But still, there is a, co a correspondence here. It, it seems that there is a correlation here. Right? 
The next point, um, this, uh, just the, the second question is the only one. Do you agree with the idea of making English compulsory or mandatory in the elementary schools? The parents say yes, very strongly yes. They feel that um, English should be a mandatory subject in the elementary schools. However, when we asked the same uh, question of the elementary school teachers, we got some discrepancies. Most, or at least as you can see, the majority of, of uh, elementary school teachers feel that introducing English in the elementary school is good. Right? They're not against it. They agree with it. But they are against making it a compulsory subject, a mandatory subject. Okay? So they think introducing English maybe as an optional subject something that the, student, that the students will be able to, um, to learn on their free time, maybe, is okay. But making it a compulsory subject, a mandatory subject, is something that they do not agree on. And also, um, not simply making it mandatory, but making it an official subject, like math and Japanese and so forth, uh, even more um, Japanese uh, elementary school teachers are against it. Um, one major reason for this is that uh, many of the elementary school teachers feel that they are already up to here in teaching these different subjects. And they don't want to teach an, an extra subject, especially when that subject is something that they're not familiar with and they don't know how to teach. So there is a fear of what's going to happen if English were to become a mandatory official subject. Who's going to do the teaching? I can't do it. That sort of mentality seems to be behind this, and this is true. I've talked to a lot of uh, elementary school uh, teachers, and they feel very, very intimidated, uh, and they fear uh, the, the introduction uh, of English as an official subject, and I can sort of understand that very well. Okay? Now, uh, another point here is... Um, we looked at um, the results of um, what kind of effects can be expected uh, by introducing English in elementary schools, and we looked at uh, the, the answers of those parents who said they were for the introduction of English in the elementary school versus those parents who said they were against the introduction of English at the elementary school. And this is one that really came out very strongly. Um, it seems that those uh, parents who are for the introduction of English uh, at the elementary schools feel that by, by introducing their children to English, that the, uh, the children will begin to like English, that they will be more uh, accepting of English as a foreign language. Uh, but there seems to be, uh, there doesn't seem to be as many uh, parents who are basically against the introduction of English who even feel that the, this motivational factor uh, will be attained. So that this was something that uh, came out strongly in the parental research. But then we looked at, again, uh, the teachers' uh, survey, and we asked them uh, what kinds of problems they felt uh, in uh, teaching English in the elementary schools at the present time. Um, the first one was they, they have no problems, it seems, with the, uh, the positive attitude of children towards English. As you can see, the, the percentage is very, very high. Uh, it seems that they feel that the, the children who are studying English in the elementary schools now, uh, they have a very positive attitude towards it. They have high motivation to want to study it. They like it. They, it seems that they do like English. 
But the major problems are listed below, um, especially the teacher's personal proficiency in English. They say, I am not proficient enough in English to teach it. Um, the time allotted to consulting uh, with ALTs and other uh, outside teachers is they just don't have that time, and it's true. This is a very real problem. Another one, uh, they feel that the budget for English education is quite low. Um, it's increasing, though. It's, it's increasing very, very radically at the present time. Um, the teacher training, there's just not enough teacher training at all at the present time. Uh, and also another problem which came out very strongly was uh, that there was no real connection between junior high school English and elementary school English. Uh, this was a very big concern, and I'll try to discuss that later on as well. And finally, the last one, the time to develop and prepare teaching materials. They just, again, do not have time to do that. So these are all real practical problems which has to be overcome before the, the, the actual introduction of English, which will come uh, probably in the year 2011. That's when English will begin to actually be taught in the elementary schools here in Japan. And so uh, we only have three or four years, three years actually, and it's going to take a lot of effort on the part of us, on the part of the schools and the boards of education, the Ministry of Education, to try to solve these, to, these problems. Uh, although we know that we won't be able to solve them completely, we hope that we can provide some um, uh, development uh, in this area. Okay? Another uh, question. Uh, in general, how well do you think English classes are going in your school? Well, we looked at um, schools where English is being taught from between zero to five hours a year. One whole year, and just zero to five hours. And as you can see, most teachers say it's not going well, of course. I mean, who, who expects English to go well with just zero to five hours a year, right? Then um, we looked at those schools where English is now being taught th 35 hours a year. That's once a week or over. And as you can see, if you add these two together, um, you can see that over 80% of those teachers say it's going well. Now remember, uh, the, the report that we came up with said that uh, English should be taught now, uh, beginning in 2011, at least once a week, and that's 35 hours a year. Which means that uh, it probably, uh, with the, the amount of exposure that the children would get at least once a week, that there is a, a, a high probability that uh, the children will gain something from their experience of learning English. Uh, anything below this uh, might have some problems, but still, at least, it seems that it, it might work better. Okay? So that's an, another point that we uh, noticed. Uh, another point that uh, we uh, saw that was that in the parent survey, we found that uh, it's better to start English. They felt that it's better to start English early, at a young age. That was one thing that they felt. And we also asked very similar questions to... Uh, the English teachers, and also, they also felt, the elementary school teachers also felt that it's good to start English at a young age, okay? So, you know, the teachers themselves are also parents. Many of them are also parents as well. And they, they want to provide opportunities for their children to start learning English at a young age. 
But as teachers, they have problems because they are the ones who are going to have to teach it. And so there's this uh, mixed feeling among the elementary school teachers about the introduction of English. Okay. Um, the next point. This is research that we're conducting at the, at the present time. Our institute is doing this right now in, in um, a cooperation with the Institute of Educational Statistics, uh, which is an affiliated organization of Aiken. And so we are, um, have the, uh, the opportunity to use a lot of the data uh, which Aiken already has to conduct our research. And we have, uh, this is the preliminary um, pilot study that we, be, uh, we actually conducted earlier this year uh, with uh, 483 first and second year junior high school uh, students uh, in one of the wards here in, in, in Tokyo. And uh, we did a statistical analysis of the, uh, the questions that we asked uh, the junior high school uh, children. And we asked them uh, basically whether or not um, the, the, uh, the English uh, that some of these children studied in, in elementary school uh, would have uh, any positive influence on, on them as junior high school students. And one of the things we found was right here. When it came to comparing those children who had uh, begun learning English at the elementary school versus those who only began in the junior high schools, we found, and this is statistically uh, significant, that um, those children who began in the elementary schools, even in the junior high schools, do answer that they like English. All right. So as we've been seeing from the earlier uh, data that I've been showing you, the children also feel very similar, um, uh, as uh, similar to the, the answers given by the teachers, saying that you know, they, they, they do like English. They have positive attitude towards English, uh, especially when they start it early. Another point is down here. This is not statistically significant at the 0 0.05 level, but it, there is a tendency for the children who began English in the elementary schools and, um, and below to say that um, they, uh, they have a high motivation to want to, to speak and communicate in English, which is a good, it's a, it's a good start again. Okay? So they, it, it's, it does seem that uh, elementary school English does provide students with um, a, a motivation to want to study English uh, and to, to communicate in the language. Okay? Now this is another uh, research that I've been involved with. Uh, this is also with Vanessa Corporation. Uh, the full report will uh, come out earlier, uh, later this year. And these are with senior high school students. Um, and one of the things we, uh, we asked was whether um, the, um, uh, the senior high school students uh, like English um, or liked English in, in elementary school uh, when they were studying it those who were studying it, actually, uh, whether they liked um, English when they were in junior high school. Uh, and what we found was that in those who said they studied English in the elementary school, uh, about one half said uh, they liked it, uh, but 36.3% were, were ambivalent about their feelings about it. But then uh, in the... Um, Junior high schools, uh, we see that there is quite a big difference uh, among the, uh, these, these students saying that when they were in junior high school, they liked English 
if they began English at an earlier age. And so again, this goes to support uh, most of the research that we've been doing, uh, even among those who are now in the senior high schools as well. So it seems that from all of this, we tend to feel that the introduction of English at the elementary school does at least provide opportunities for the children to, uh, to have positive attitude towards English and to, um, to want to, uh, to communicate in the language, which I think is a good uh, point to begin with. Now, you have to note also the fact that not all of these um, students uh, had actually studied 35 hours of English per, week, per year when they, were in junior, uh, when they were in elementary school. Many of them studied a lot less because at the present time, the number of schools where English is being taught 35 hours or more is less than 10%. So you have to try to keep that in mind as well. And maybe if all the schools began introducing English once a week, 35 hours a, a year, that this percentage, uh, uh, those children who like English might hopefully uh, become higher. Okay? So th these are uh, some of the, the results of surveys that we've been conducting. Okay? Uh, another, uh, right, there's another one here. Uh, and this is, um, uh, again, with the senior high school students. Uh, we, we're asking them at the present time, as senior high school students, um, you know, why are they studying English? Uh, for what purpose are they doing it? And we see that uh, the highest level uh, for those who experienced uh, uh, elementary school English and those who did not, for both entrance examinations is the highest motivation. And I can, I mean, that's obvious because they're senior high school students already. All right. However. Uh, depending on whether or not the students uh, had studied English in the elementary schools or not, you can see that those students who studied English in the elementary schools said um, had other motivations like wanting to make friends with English speakers, uh, having interest in learning new languages, uh, interest in foreign cultures in order to learn about the world, uh, wanting to write email and communicate with foreign people, uh, practical objectives as well. So there seems to be a difference. Um, it seems the, that the, the effects of uh, having studied English at a young age does tend to continue on, on uh, even at the senior high school level. Okay, so these are results that we've seen. Uh, another point, uh, we also looked at uh, these, junior, uh, these senior high school students and asked them whether or not uh, when they were in, in elementary school, they studied English only in the elementary school or whether they studied English also at a juku or a conversation school, along with studying in the elementary school. And we found that as far as motivation towards uh, English was concerned, there's really not much difference. However, when we looked at the more practical effects of the, the skills and the learning of English itself, we found that those children who uh, studied English not only in the schools, but also in the conversation schools and so forth, tend to answer that um, the effects of the elementary school, uh, English, um, or e this English that they learned at, at the elementary school uh, age um, has had an effect on their listening, speaking, pronunciation, words and expressions, and reading skills as well. Now, there's a problem here, and, that it, and one of those problems is, does this uh, refer simply to the number of hours? For example, as I mentioned, uh, many of the, uh, these children who were studying in the elementary schools did not have 35 hours a year. Uh, they had a lot less than that. Is it simply a problem of the exposure, the, the quantity of English that the children are exposed to, or does it have something to do with the quality of teaching? 
because uh, we know that uh, the conversation schools and so forth uh, are staffed with people who are specialists in the teaching of English, uh, and they have smaller classes, and so there's probably going to be a lot of qualitative difference between the kind of education that they got in these conversational schools and the kind of edu uh, English education they got in the elementary schools. So it could be both, probably a both combination of quality and quantity. But still, it seems that the more English they, that they are exposed to, the better it is taught, the more the students will feel that the, the effects uh, will last even until um, senior high school. So these are uh, resu results of um, uh, research that we've done, surveys that we've conducted. And from here on, uh, let me, uh, in a more subjective way, um, try to summarize some of the things that uh, I've uh, found from actually visiting uh, many uh, elementary schools, uh, junior high schools, and so forth, and also having talked to uh, the teachers in these various schools. Um, next week, as a matter of fact, I will be observing classes at Yotsuya Shogakko, uh, right here in Yotsuya. Um, one of the things that uh, I found uh, was that um, it seems to be true that the children's um, listening comprehension of English uh, is, is quite good. They do understand the directions being given by the ALTs uh, in English. Um, they are becoming used to English sounds. Uh, so that's one uh, thing that, that I have noticed. Another is, uh, and, and I think this is interesting, and uh, numbers two and three basically go together, and that is that um, uh, the introduction of English uh, at the elementary school, because the focus is on English activities and not on the teaching of the forms of the language, it is giving uh, the teachers and also the children experience in um, learning the fact that communication does not necessarily mean that you have to learn all the words and grammar, and grammatical structures of a language. Um, there are ambiguities um, that have to be acquired from context, for example, in the actual use of the language. For example, there was one, uh, I have one graduate student who, uh, who, student who was um, teaching English um, to young children, who was doing her research uh, to, to see how uh, children are um, interpreting uh, the different kinds of English expressions that they're learning in, in, their, um, in their classes, uh, basically classes which are conducted only in, in English. Uh, and an example would be, for example, uh, the expression, excuse me, excuse me. Right? Um, if you ha were given a situation where uh, a, a certain person um, was lost and had to ask for directions, and he asked somebody, excuse me, the children would uh, answer, well, this, this excuse me means, ano sumimasen, sumimasen ga, okay? Uh, but let's suppose um, um, this, this person is, is in a hurry, and he or she is, in, uh, uh, is walking along this very crowded street, and he has to go by people, right? And in that situation also, the person would say, excuse me, but in this case, it would be It would be slightly different. The meaning would be slightly different. Um, another situation would be uh, a term like excuse me if somebody bumps into somebody and the other person falls down. That would be okay? So the same term excuse me, depending on the context when, uh, in which it is used, uh, can be interpreted in different ways. But very often from junior high school on, children 
look in dictionaries. They lo look at the first meaning of a dictionary, and that's the only meaning they know. And they do not, and they cannot uh, understand meanings in different contexts. Well, children in the elementary schools are beginning to acquire this knowledge of the fact that English used in different contexts can have different meanings, which is more basic to communication than simply learning the structure and the vocabulary of the language. And the teachers are also experiencing this as well. And I think this is a very um, important uh, step in getting children to acquire language as a form of communication, and not simply as structure. Okay? Another point, um, two points. Uh, development of concentration. This was uh, mentioned by one of the, um, the principals in a uh, junior high school, uh, in an elementary school, uh, where English is, is being taught from uh, first grade. Uh, and this principal um, mentioned the fact that uh, because these children, when they are taking English classes, they have to listen very, very carefully to what the teacher is saying in order to take part in the class, doing activities, uh, games, and whatnot. Um, it seems that the children's concentration is improving, that they begin to concentrate more on trying to understand what the, the teachers are saying, what they're supposed to do next, and that this, um, this concentration, he says, is spreading to other subjects as well. That the children are beginning to listen more closely to what is being taught in the other subjects in the elementary school, uh, especially when the, the subjects are taught, being taught by the same classroom, home, homeroom teacher. Okay. Another point uh, is uh, the meaning of play and learning. There are some people who say that simply because in the elementary schools, uh, much of the English activities uh, are surrounded around, um, are, 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 are structured around songs and games and so forth, that that's not learning. But we know that uh, learning begins from, from play, right? Um, a lot of uh, philosophers also mention that, the fact that culture was created on the basis of play. The play was where songs, music began, art began, dancing started as a form of play. And I think uh, it's, uh, it's beginning to, to become obvious to the, to the teachers who are uh, teaching English at the elementary schools, that simply playing is not, is not different or separate from the process of learning. The only problem is that sometimes the play activities in the songs are so fractionalized in the sense that, that they, there is no connection between one song and the next song or one song and the next game which is being played. If there were more consistency uh, in, for example, the use of the language, uh, the kinds of functions which are expressed in the songs and the games, then it might have more lasting learning effects. However, they tend to be fractionalized. They're all independent from one another. And this is a problem that has to be focused on. And another major problem is that, um, and this was mentioned earlier on by, by the teachers as well, is that uh, the introduction of English at the elementary school is forcing people to look at um, the, uh, the objectives and the way uh, English should be taught in the junior and senior high schools as well. And let me just give you a very simple um, idea of what I mean here. Uh, oral communication, too, actually, is one of the uh, six subjects which are being taught in the senior high schools here in Japan. Uh, now, if you take a look at the objectives listed in the study guidelines of the Ministry of, Min of uh, 
uh, of education, it says that children or students should be able, all right, to comprehend main points of coherent discourse and come up with their own ideas in English by the end of senior high school. 99.9% of the senior high school students in Japan can't do this. All right? They graduate without being able to do that. Number two, they should be able, by the time they graduate, be able to organize information and ideas on various topics and present them in presentations and speeches. Again, 99.9% .9 of the junior and senior high school students can't do this. The third objective, which is uh, listed, uh, is discuss and debate on various topics in English. Again, they can't do it. The last one, maybe, if they have chances to perform skits, uh, create skits and perform them. Now, why is it that this, these objectives, which are listed in the study guidelines, are not being attained? What's the major problem? Well, the major, one of the major problems that uh, we see here is probably in the way English is taught in the junior high schools. And this is uh, from a survey which was conducted by the National Institute for, uh, for Language uh, Policy, for Educational Policy. Uh, this was released in, in, in the year 2005. Uh, there were 240,000 junior high school students involved in this research. Uh, one of the questions which were asked was, do you like English? And as you can see here, in, this is the first year, second year, and third year. First year students, if you add these two together, Yes, basically over 60% of the students say they like English. But look what happens right in, in second year. It just simply drops. It goes down to about 50%. Okay? And on the other hand, as you can see over here, those children who don't like English begin to rise very, very quickly as the years go on. The second question, do you understand your English classes? Now, this is an English class. A junior high school English class. Again, if you take a look at these two here, uh, first-year students uh, say, well, at least one, more than one-half of the students say they understand their English classes. But still, it's only a little over one-half. One but again, in second grade, it just goes down. From second grade on, less than one-half of the students say they can really understand their English class. And what happens over here is, as the years go on, they, the answer becomes, I don't understand what, what the teacher is doing. Okay? And if you add the third grade, the third year junior high school students' uh, answers, it comes up to close to 30%. Not quite 30%, but it's close to 30%. Which means that three out of 10 junior high school students are saying, I don't understand what the teacher is doing in the English class. Now, this percentage is the highest of any of the subjects being taught in junior high school. Higher than math, higher than science, higher than social studies, higher than Japanese. Which means that English is not being taught well at the junior high school level. Something is wrong. The major reason is because there are only three hours a week, and in those three hours, the teacher has to, 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 to get the students to acquire the practical ability to, to communicate in English, to learn the structures of English, to learn to read and write as well. Impossible. It's just not possible to do that. I was observing a junior high school class. Uh, today is Friday. So earlier this week, uh, two days ago, I was in Mitaka, and I was observing a junior high school class. And the teacher was trying to in include everything in that one class, oral communication, grammar exercises, and translation. 
And he's only got 45 minutes. Impossible. It's, it's just an incredible task if you're able to succeed in doing that. It, it just can't be done. And it's unfortunate, but uh, that's the situation. And so something has to be done about this. Now, in the senior high schools, at least there are five hours or more of English uh, uh, classes per week. But as you saw, even at the senior high school level, the final objectives are not being attained. Okay? And the major reason is because those students who come up from the junior high schools aren't, you know, I mean, they're not attaining their goals in the junior high school, and therefore, many of these children who come to senior high school, they have to do a one-year review of junior high school English. And so they spend one year out of three years reviewing what was supposed to be learned in junior high school. And then in, th and, and, in their third year of junior high school, they have to prepare for entrance exams. So where are they going to implement the kind of objectives which are listed for senior high school English? The senior high school teachers are also having a very difficult time trying to meet the goals that they're supposed to, to attain. So there's a big gap here. Now, another interesting thing is when you, and we've done this, we've looked at, for example, uh, the textbooks being used in senior high school, Ego Ichi, and we've looked at Ego 3, Ego San, which is uh, the third year uh, junior high school textbook used in junior high school. There's a big gap in the level of English required between the third year junior high school textbook and the first year senior high school textbook. The length of the sentences are quite different. Number of words, uh, vocabulary is quite difficult. The grammar is also more difficult. And so there's a big gap right here. Something has to be done to fill this gap. And as I said, the junior high school teacher has to teach practical communication English as well as linguistic knowledge. And this just can't be done with 315 hours of English per year or no, in three years. In three years, they only have 315 hours. And each hour is only 45 minutes. And so that's not much at all. And all of this has to be done with 40 students per class again. And that's a very, it's a formidable task, as you can see. So how can we change this? Well, the ministry and also many of us who are involved in this are saying, well, probably the best way to change it is by introducing English at the elementary school level, where in the elementary school level, this practical communication, at least the basis of practical communication, will already be acquired to a certain extent. By doing that, the junior high school teachers can concentrate more on trying to systematize the kind of English that the students learned in, junior high, in, in elementary school. It will give them more opportunities to introduce more formal and knowledge-based aspects of English, which will be necessary for them to read and write in more formal situations. And that's probably the only way that this gap between the junior high and senior high schools can be met. Now. Um, uh, tomorrow, uh, we're having our foreign language subcommittee meeting, and what we're doing right now is we're, we are um, reconsidering the, the type of uh, subjects uh, taught in senior high school. At the present time, there are six. Ego Ichi, Ego Ni, Oral Communication 1, Oral Communication 2, Reading and Writing. So there are six subjects, English subjects, in the, the um, senior high school. The problem is that all of these textbooks are written and edited independently of each other. There's no connection, no coherence among the textbooks being used. 
And so what we are doing now is from the year 2012, hopefully, what we will do is we will put everything together, integrate all of these six subjects together, and we will only have communication English 1, 2, and 3 in senior high school. There will no, no longer be six different subjects, but it will be all concentrated, integrated into one subject. And by doing so, we are hoping that there will be a lot more coherence uh, in, uh, among the tasks uh, that uh, the students will be required to do during that period. We're just hoping that the, the high school teachers will not simply say, hey, okay, the only thing we have to do now is do grammar translation because that's the only thing that they, they can do sometimes. You know, using this, all of these five hours just to simply do that. We're, we're, we're hoping that that doesn't happen. But still, what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve uh, the kind of subjects being taught in the senior high school level. Okay, so in, in that sense, uh, we, we all believe that uh, the introduction of English at the elementary school level uh, will have an effect, and hopefully it will help uh, junior high school teachers as well to improve the way they teach. And by the way, although there are only three hours a week of um, um, junior high school English at the present time, uh, this hopefully, and I think it will be increased to four hours. It will be increased to four hours starting with the next uh, study guidelines. Right, so I'm running out of time, I think, so I'll just go very, very quickly. This is some data from, uh, from Korea. Uh, this is uh, also based on research that we've been doing to compare the English abilities of Japanese, Korean, and Chinese high school uh, students. As you can see, uh, this one is uh, in, in South Korea. Um, this uh, was uh, data taken in 2003. This was data taken uh, in 2004. Both were first-year senior high school students. Both were in sa the same school. And as you can see, we used a, an English proficiency test, test called GTEC. And you see that there is a 40-point difference here. And the major difference is that this is the final grade which did not have English in the elementary school. And this is the first grade that had English in the elementary school. So six years later, when these children were in uh, senior high school, you can see the 40-point difference. Um, in Korea, uh, we did the same thing again this year, or last year, and the difference uh, with uh, 2003 was over 50 points now. It's gone up. There are problems in Korea, a lot of problems. There's now a gap. We've been looking at some of the data. There are, it's, it's no longer one bell curve. It's skewed, and there are two curves now. There are children who aren't doing well at all. There are students who are doing extremely well. So it's not, it's not to say that everything is okay. There are problems. There's a problem also in Taiwan as well. We know that. There are big problems in Taiwan. But at least we see that the effects, at least if done correctly, uh, could have some very positive effects. All right? So that's the point. So finally, let me just very quickly go over some of the concepts that I've been trying to um, to teach the elementary school teachers uh, because children in the elementary schools uh, range from the age of six or seven all the way up to the age of 12. It means that their cognitive uh, development is quite different. Um, children in first grade and children in fifth and sixth grade have completely different kinds of cognitive uh, developmental uh, stages. Uh, in the, I, as far as the acceptance of ambiguity is concerned, um, young children are are a lot more liable to accept ambiguity and still be able to communicate. Whereas the older the children become, the more accuracy they want. They will begin asking their teachers, how do you read this? 
how can I say this in English, and so forth. Young children are not really concerned about that. They simply want to have fun. And they can do that simply by communicating without necessarily understanding every single word which is used. Okay? Another factor, uh, social environmental factors, the, 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 um, the role of context is very strong at the young age. Uh, whereas uh, gradually as the children become older, they begin to ask for more um, cognitively, um, uh, more difficult kinds of tasks. Uh, it's inter interesting because um, some of the schools that I'm looking at, I'm uh, actually uh, uh, advising several uh, elementary schools as well. Uh, and what we've been doing is we've been trying to include some of the, uh, the ideas and the uh, knowledge that the, the children have learned, for example, in the social studies and in sciences, and we've been using that to conduct English classes. For example, uh, using uh, uh, simply practicing the comparative. Um, children in, for example, fifth grade might begin asking questions like, uh, which is bigger, China or Japan? Uh, which is longer, the Nile River or the Nagara River? Uh, which is heavier, aluminum or iron, and so forth. All right. Now these are things that they learn in their science classes and social studies classes, uh, and we're trying to use that kind of more cognitively demanding kind of context, but using very simple English to express them. And it uh, creates a lot more motiv motivation on the part of the students when we do that. Okay. Another point, um, comprehension always in, in language comes before production. We basically know that. Um, input from the teacher versus output from the student. Again, um, there's a big difference uh, in uh, the age. Young children love input. And one thing that we have to be careful of is that when uh, children are repeating after their teachers, this is not output. It's an extension of input. Output is something that is initiated by the students, something that they come up with on their own. Okay. Uh, now, young children love to be commended by their teachers. You know, if, if, they, if they repeat correctly and the teacher says, very good or excellent, they love it. But 12-year-olds will not be very happy when, when they repeat something that a teacher says and the teacher says, excellent. And when they say, oh, so what? Right? So they're a lot more interested in trying to come up with ideas that they want to come up with. Right, so the kinds of um, uh, questions uh, using the comparative that I just talked about, many of these are created by the, t the students themselves. The children are the ones who come up with the exercises, the content of the exercises. The English framework is given by the teacher. The students, the ch children are the ones who say, hey, let's make this into a, a, a game or a, a quiz or communication activity. And I think this is very important. Uh, finally, let me just uh, skip over this part. And this is the last point. There's a difference between what, uh, what I've been calling display activities versus referential activities. Display activities are very simple. For example, if I, you were my students, I would say something like, you know, okay, what is this? What is this? And everybody would say, it's a watch. Now, what kind of question is this? I mean, you can say this in class, but if you are walking to Yotsuya Station and you take, out, take your watch off and you say to your friend, what is this? It would be embarrassing. Or repeat after me, this is a watch. It works in the classroom, but you can't say it at Yotsuya Station. I mean, it would be embarrassing to say that, right? Or is this a watch? Try saying that in, at Yotsuya Station with the friends of yours. It's, it just doesn't work. Now, these are called display questions and display activities. And the reason it's called display is because 
we already know the answer, and we simply want the students to display their knowledge of what we taught them. Okay? That's why they're called display activities and display questions. Young children love display questions and display activities, very similar to the repetition that I mentioned earlier on. Okay? They don't have to come up with their own original ideas. Referential questions, on the other hand, are questions which can be asked in the real world, not simply in the classroom. For example, very simple yes-no question like, do you like cats? Some, some people will say yes, other people will say no. Is this a watch? This is also a yes-no question. Is this a watch? You can't say this at Yotsuya Station. But let's say you're walking with your, with your friend and you uh, say to your friend, oh, by the way, do you like cats? You can say that at Yotsuya Station, right? Because it's a real question. It's a question where I don't know the answer. And that's why I'm asking the question. These are called referential or meaningful questions, meaningful activities. Now, when we take a look at the kinds of activities that children like, we see that young children prefer display activities. If they're given chances to do referential activities, some children just fall out. I mean, they just can't follow. Some kids really love it, though. Even at the first and second grade level, they would love to do it. But there are some children who can repeat after their teacher but have very difficult times coming up with their own answers or their own questions and so forth. But older children are able to do that, and it's, uh, it's a lot more interesting and it's a lot more fun uh, for, for them. Okay? So these are concepts that uh, I have been trying, and I've been giving a lot of, uh, I, I do a lot of workshops and so forth using these concepts, trying to get the teachers to understand what I'm saying, uh, and hopefully, uh, these ideas will be, and hopefully they will be, Im implemented in the, the English activities, uh, which will be the main kind of um, uh, content which will be included in the elementary school English as it comes around. So I guess that's it. I'm sorry I went a little over time, but uh, thank you very much.